Welcome to Manager Tools. This week, communicating lateness. Here we go. Folks, everyone who's registered with our website this week will be getting a special edition of my weekly email, Things I Think I Think. Normally, it only goes out to our licensees. We want you to see what Things I Think I Think is, but we also have a story to tell about the joining of the Manager Tools and Career Tools license material. We have over uh, 4,000 pages worth of licensed material built up over the years. And um, if you license our material, you get access to it. And uh, rather than making you buy two licenses, we thought we'd make things easier. There are some price changes. We'll explain it all and how we stumbled a little bit when we did it uh, in this week's Things I Think I Think. Expect it on Wednesday if you're registered with us. Thanks. So I was talking to somebody the other day, Mark, and, and they asked me some some questions that I hadn't really thought of before I thought and I thought everybody everybody would knew. know the answers to these and since you wrote the show notes you know what the questions that she asked of me and that they were what do I do if I'm going to be late to an appointment like with my boss or, or a work appointment how do I communicate an impending deadline miss and she was she was getting ready to be late on some deadlines and she wanted to know what to do about it and what do I do when I'm going to be late either me me being late or my work and maybe there's a difference there so those are the questions she asked and it shocked me so i, so I shared those with you <laughs> I, it's interesting I, a lot of people would be kind of disappointed to hear those questions at all but actually to tell you the truth i'm actually kind of pleased because there's generally been a switch in the last 20 or 30 years that lateness you don't have to communicate about it that forward communication about this proactive communication isn't really necessary and of course that's wrong one of the core responsibilities of true professionals is a respect for timeliness we have a responsibility about time because there's so much inefficiency created when we work with other people time inefficiency is enormous in organizations it's not and it's not inherently our fault it's just a function of queuing theory and the the fragileness of time and so on because other people rely on our work being timely we're obligated to over communicate about matters of timeliness and that means admitting when we know we're going to be late so two points in this cast if you're going to be late communicate it and if you're going to miss a deadline communicate it with an update okay if you personally are going to be late we recommend you call or text and if you're going to miss a deadline you can call but probably an email is better Okay, and we'll give you examples. This cast will be a little bit longer. It won't be two parts, folks. It'll be a little bit longer than you might expect because this seems fairly straightforward guidance, and I'm sure some of the people who don't like the fact that I ramble on won't like this cast, but we want to give you an understanding of why so you can start thinking about more generally, more broadly about timeliness in your life as a professional. So the first point, if you're going to be late, communicate. If someone's going to be late to a meeting or any other function, a professional communicates his lateness and his expected arrival. He does so the moment he knows there's a reasonable chance of being late. There's nothing wrong with communicating you're going to be late and then being on time. The standard for when we communicate that is as soon as we believe there's a reasonable chance, reasonable chance we'll be late. In today's world, in 2014, the answer of how to communicate the lateness is text or phone call. We would guess that the best way is text, instant message certainly as well. Look, guys, we recognize that many organizations would say their culture would suggest an email. We believe that calls on the culture of what we consider to be urgent email, and we don't endorse that urgent email culture. We think urgent email, of course, is an oxymoron. 
And we have a rule here at Manager Tools. We don't make recommendations on how to do something that we wouldn't recommend you doing. So we're not going to tell you how to send an email to tell somebody you're going to be late. Even if you do have an urgent email culture, again, one in which there's a general assumption that every mail is read immediately upon receipt, which just seems ludicrous to me when it I does. say it. And it does. And frankly, I use that with people when they say, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we do everything by email. I'm like, really? You expect every email to be read? It's a bit like constantly looking at your computer screen or at your phone every, every five, 10 seconds. I had a guy who asked me once about his phone. Can I have it ping the server every minute, you know, in addition to push? I'm like, oh, really? I mean, really? Talk about multitasking and inefficiency. But look, even if you do have one of those cultures, the chances that a meeting organizer has time to read a mail from you in the 15 minutes before he starts the meeting, starting the meeting, or once the meeting is underway, I, I just don't get that. I don't, I don't see it. So it sounds or it looks like I'm going to be 10 minutes late by text, or I apologize, I'm going to be late, guessing 20 minutes, or running five minutes late, my apologies, my fault. And guys, look, a little background here. Communicating lateness is not just a matter of courtesy. I've noticed with a lot of people, courtesy has gone the way of etiquette and manners, and it's considered old-fashioned. And while it's certainly good manners to communicate being late, you don't do it for that reason. When you think about it, if you think this is an etiquette issue, one doesn't tell a, a dinner party host who doesn't communicate, well, we're going to be 15 or 20 minutes late. You don't do that. That's not what etiquette suggests. The professional does this to help those with whom she's meeting be as effective and as efficient as they can be. The assumption must be that if you were invited to a meeting and you intend to go, you know, you can't think of yourself as late to a meeting you don't, don't intend to attend, then your presence has some value. And you being late is destruction of that value. And look, guys, we hear you. I've had this conversation recently uh, with a couple of people that they're basically saying, yeah, but the meetings in my organizations are crummy. They're awful. Remember, you being late and others being late to those meetings is part of why they're not any good. What we recommend, and it's very old-fashioned, and I get dinged about it every time, you know, every once in a while at a conference. Instead of complaining, conduct yourself the way you'd want others to conduct themselves and run your meetings the way you think the organization ought to be running all of its meetings without complaining about what other people do or how other people run their meetings. Yeah, it's called leadership. <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that's exactly what it is. When I had a question uh, in, in Newark this week about, please, let's talk about the difference between manager and leader, management and leadership. And I said, you know, I'm just not the guy to ask that because it's just so hard to have that discussion because of, you know, some people think of leadership as being executive ship, right? Senior people, whereas most leaders would tell you, no, leadership happens everywhere. And you'll hear people say that too. But then we get into a distinction about which behaviors are management, which behaviors are leadership. And I think it's potato and potato. And look, guys, part of the efficiency we're talking about when you communicate in advance is related to money. Meetings are expensive. Consider this. 10 people are scheduled to be in a meeting. It's a 90-minute meeting. The average of all their salaries is $50,000. You can use a meeting clock and type in. Uh, if you don't know what a meeting clock is, it gives you a chance to type in every attendee's salary. And then when the meeting starts, it actually counts in dollars. But look, just giving an average of everybody in the room works fine in terms of a rough estimate. Then you take whatever the salaries are and you double them. 
because your salary isn't what you cost your employee guys or your employer. There are benefits on top of that, which can be 25 to 50%, even 60% of your salary. Then there are the people employed to help you get paid, the desks that are bought for you, the floors of buildings to rent for the space you take up, because you do take up part of that space, and there's an accountant who would gladly tell you how much you cost the company in square footage, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Now, whether you like it or not, guys, we're at $1.5 million in annual cost to the firm for a 10-person, 90-minute meeting. That's a chunk of change. <laughs> yeah. The general rule for getting an hourly rate for somebody is to divide by 2,000. That means that that meeting is costing your employee 90 minutes of, you know, an hour and a half of, is 750 bucks. Don't we each waste enough time each day by our own selves? We ought not to be doing it in groups. And, and maybe 750 USD doesn't seem like a lot. But we talk to people all the time who can't manage to come to one of our trainings because they can't get budget monies of that amount. And what if the group meets three times a week? That's 2250 a week, right? That's $100,000 USD annually. Do the math. You better be producing the equivalent of a whole additional hire at your salary to justify the costs of that meeting if you're doing it three times a week. Now, the general rule is, right, a reasonable standard for when you communicate it. When you reasonably believe you're going to be late, you communicate it. Well, people say, well, what's the definition of reasonable? It's different for everybody. Yes, it is. And it requires your judgment. There's no clear standard. Oh, no, judgment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think a lot of times people think the rules should be written so that judgment is eliminated. Well, judgment is what leads to innovation and surprise and wonder and uh, miracles. Anyway, the general rule of the reasonable person concept in law is that each person has an obligation to behave in a reasonable way, especially in situations of risk. And since costs are a form of risk for organizations. The question is, what would a reasonable person do knowing they were going to be late and cost the company some money? And, and look, I, again, I mentioned this earlier, there's probably some folks listening who would say, there's no obligation for that. And I find that a little bit offensive. I think you have an obligation if you're going to spend the company's money and destroy value at the same time. I, I, think, I think you have an obligation to communicate. We basically apply the cost standard and we say, what would the consumer of your lateness, in other words, your fellow meeting goers, expect from you, right? That's how citizens behave. They consider others. That's where the reasonable person concept came from. We'd say the time it takes you in the modern world of communication media to let them know of your delay is well worth the value of the time it takes you to do it. And if you put it another way, can we honestly say that the cost to us of that communication is greater than the value of the communication to the group or to the organization? Heck no, we can't. And look, what if you're going to be an hour late? What if you're basically going to miss the meeting? If you're an hour late for a 90-minute meeting, you're basically missing the meeting. Is it reasonable to deny the meeting leader that information when you know it simply because you're embarrassed and you don't want to talk about being late and then be late as well? And then... The standard that ought to apply among colleagues, what would you want an attendee to do if you were the meeting organizer? And look, we're not shaming you for being late. We're all late. I'm late. Mike's late. Everybody on our team's late. It happens. There is no major fault in being late. It happens to all of us. Unforeseen events keep us from being where we're supposed to be, where we've committed to be. And by the way, if it's on your calendar, you have made a public statement that you will be there. That's why double and triple booking is just a ludicrous, narcissistic exercise. 
The fault is not in being late. The fault as a professional is in acting as if it's not important to the detriment of others. Your vanity, if you will, your lack of willingness to be candid about a weakness or a failure hurts other people. And so you put yourself first rather than the team, which is generally not the way to be. And finally, I just say this, there's all kinds of reasons to do it because the opposite is bad, but look, being candid and owning up to your mistakes is an enormous relationship builder. By communicating your lateness, you're showing that you care about your impact on other people. You're willing to do a small thing, own up to a failing, in return for the benefit to somebody else of the knowledge of your failure. I mean, I know this sounds corny. I, I end conferences talking about this, and I every once in a while somebody says something like, yeah, I don't know. But this is a small but kind of perfect example of my definition of professional love, the willingness to risk yourself for the benefit of other people. So this is one of the small things. It may not be etiquette. It may not be courtesy, but I think we could call it professional civility. Uh, it's part of the grease that keeps us from falling into my dad's trap that the definition of conflict is two human beings in the same county. Yeah. All those same principles apply to work products as well as to us as individuals. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, in the abstract of an organization, we are inseparable from our work in terms of the output and the results of the organization. Now, guys, by the way, I should have said this earlier. Mike has a terrible case of the flu, so I'm doing most of the work on this cast. So if he sounds funny, he's supposed to. He has the flu, and we're trying to keep him from talking and coughing like crazy. Um, yeah, basically, if you're going to miss a deadline, you, you same thing. You communicate an update. All the same principles apply to our work product as well as to us. Now, look, this is obvious to, to people. Meeting start times are simply deadlines for the work of the meeting to begin. That's what they are. They're just a deadline. And we're responsible for both ourselves and our work product. And that means if we're going to communicate lateness to a meeting or another time-based event, we have a similar obligation to inform the organization of our failure on a work product issue. And it's the same standard, too. When you have a reasonable belief that you won't meet the deadline, based on judgment, communication with the most relevant party is the professional requirement. Again, we've got judgment in here, so there's no uniform standard for when that is. It's up to each of us to use our judgment to determine when we think it's reasonable to believe that we're not going to fulfill our obligation. Mike and I would suggest to you after years and years of corporate life that the answer is earlier than most people would say. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? No, I absolutely agree. Mike and I have had conversations over the years that the whole concept of red, amber, green, the, you know, a task is green because it's on track or it's done and it's amber because there's risk and red because it's you've missed that people are deathly afraid of talking about being yellow or amber because they feel it's acknowledgement of an advanced failure when in fact just the opposite is what the professional does they say no i you know if i believe there's a chance i'm not talking about a two percent chance but if there's a 40 or 50 percent chance that something's going to be late depending upon what it is then you have an obligation as a professional to say you know, there's a chance I'm going to be late and I'm going to be yellow. I'm going to put it yellow. And the point of that is, is to focus additional resources on the problem or to let the people know that are affected by your lateness in the form of dependencies on your work, that perhaps that would mean an adjustment in their workload to keep us as efficient as we can be. There's no shame in the vast majority of lateness. 
the shame occurs in the inefficiency and ineffectiveness you put the organization through and the costs you cause your organization to incur. And look, guys, it's certainly possible to send in a last-minute note saying you had no idea you were going to miss until right before. In other words, privately, you're just delaying the admission of guilt. You can do that, but look, you're using your judgment, and your judgment is part of your job, and the evaluation of that judgment is part of your boss's job. That's right. Yeah, you can say that. Nobody believes it, by the way, but you can say it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm amazed. I, I had a guy tell me once, I feel like you're judging me. And I said, no, I'm, gosh, I'm not judging you. I leave that for higher powers. I'm evaluating you. He says, well, it's the same. I said, no, I'm really sorry. It's not the same. It's not. I was not at that point in my career telling people, I love you. And love doesn't judge. But anyway, the common, most common medium for this message uh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to miss. And by the way, you hear me say that, guys. I'm going to miss. It's a miss. That's what it is. That, that missing is, is lateness um, because you're missing a deadline. Uh, it also comes from the finance world of missing an earnings projection. So the reasonable standards suggest you'll know in enough time that urgency is unlikely. And so therefore, you don't need to call or text, although there are some situations where you might. And Further, email allows a more complete message, which doesn't just include an apology, but rather an update on the status of the work. So it might read like this. Boss, I'm projecting that I'm going to miss the Thursday deadline for delivering the analytics slides for the presentation. Right now, I'm confident I can deliver by Friday noon. Note here, guys, we don't create a new deadline. Probably we don't have the authority if it's our task. The problem with that is that people create a new deadline but then they're always pushing it back and it looks as if it's green, but in fact, there's impacts on the rest of the project. Another example, I'm going to be late on the logistics plan for the quarterly meeting. I don't have the locations or headcount yet. I only need 24 hours after I have that, but I can't say when I'll have them. I'll keep you posted. Now that's one of those things that a boss would go, okay, I probably need to ping him. I need to talk to him. I need to understand what the issue is. And maybe in fact, we can use a proxy for in this case, the logistics plan, okay? Uh, or, I'm sorry, a proxy for locations or headcount. When you communicate being personally late, you give an estimated time of arrival, an ETA, to allow the meeting manager to make adjustments. Same principles apply to late work product. We discuss either what went wrong or what a new reasonable deadline is, even though we're not making it a deadline, we're talking about completion of the work, okay? Deadline usually, again, is out of our hands. Probably the highest standard to meet is A, communicating a new deliverable time when you can meet it, or if that can't be determined with any certainty, then B as well, when you will know when the new deliverable time is. We touch on something here on one of my favorite casts of all time that is just below the radar enormously. What's particularly important about work product missing a deadline is Horseman's Rule of Deliverables. A completed task has no external value until it's delivered. Modern organizations rely on us communicating with others in the organization about what we've done so that what they've done can be combined with our work to produce greater value. That communication is essential. It's huge to the incredible magnification of effort inherent in one of the most important things mankind has ever done, the division of labor or the specialization of labor. 
literally specialization or division of labor is one of the principles that our modern standards of living are built on. On the other hand, we understand, guys, that it's easy to lose sight of our role in serving the organization when we have to admit we, we have a failure. And there's a there's a epidemic. No, no offense, Mike. There's an epidemic of that hurt. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, there's a total epidemic of people avoiding candor about failures, lateness and misses. And it sounds very old fashioned, but we stand four square in the camp of saying we think that ought to change. And we think your professional life will improve when it does. It takes a professional seeing the larger value to be candid about themselves and caring enough about other people to communicate misses. So probably a lot of high level stuff. And there were just a couple of nuggets. And I'm sure if this is the first podcast, some people listen to on iTunes, we'll get a note that says one of the hosts rambles and he's egotistical and that's okay. So if you're going to be late, communicate. If you're going to miss communicate with an update, most people know this, but those who don't really, really don't. And a lot of us who know it still don't do it. And it's hurting your org. It's hurting your career. Working together effectively requires us to communicate assertively when we're going to fail to be professional about time, period. Far from it being an admission of guilt, it's a show of respect for your colleagues. Be the one about whom others say, he always lets me know. And dude, you need to go back to bed? I do. After you send me the files. (laughs) (laughs) Good. All right, my friend. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks, partner. Take care. Thanks, everybody. That's it. Come back next week. We try to be our best every week for you on Manager Tools. See you then.